HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Luke Griffin, and you're listening to Bushwick Podcast, local stories for a strong community here in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We partner with organizations throughout the neighborhood to share their remarkable journeys and break down the important issues facing Bushwick today. This week, we're going to talk about an issue that's defining the future not just of Bushwick, but of countless communities in Brooklyn and beyond. That issue is public education. Public education here in New York City is complicated. There's a number of different organizations, agencies, and elected bodies that all play some unique role in the system that helps to prepare our next generations to succeed. Today, we're going to take a look at one of the elected bodies that works to cut through these complexities and give power back to families and students. It's called the Community Education Council, or CEC. We owe it to our students. We owe it to our children. You can't just to sit there and do nothing. I mean, that's not going to get much. You're not going to get a lot of change with that. But, but going out there, being proactive, trying to figure out, trying to ask the right questions will lead you into probing, will lead you into wondering, will lead you into fighting, will lead you into act, um, you know, being an advocate. And I think that's how I see the CEC half the time. I'm like, we have to be very on top of everything we do. It's more important than ever to get to know the council because this month marks the start of the election cycle that will determine the next group of CEC members who will represent Bushwick and communities around the city for the next two years. It's February 27th, 2019, and this episode is called Parents Hold the Power. The New York City public school system is the largest school system in the country. For the school year ending in 2019, it includes 1,840 schools, more than 1.1 million students, and a budget of over $32 billion. To get a picture of how this massive system works and where the Community Education Council fits in, it's helpful to start at the city level and work your way down. Buckle up, because we're about to encounter a lot of jargon. At the very top of New York City public schools is an agency called the Department of Education, or DOE. It oversees everything from curriculum requirements to teacher salaries at public schools throughout the five boroughs. At the head of the DOE is a position that's appointed by the mayor to lead the agency and oversee operations at every public school called the Chancellor. Our current Chancellor is Richard A. Carranza, a career educator who previously oversaw public school systems in Houston and San Francisco. He was appointed here in New York City in April of last year. 
On the level below the DOE are school districts, which are geographically grouped collections of different public schools. There are 32 school districts throughout the city, and each one contains dozens of schools from pre-K through high school. Here in Bushwick, for example, we're in District 32, and we have 51 public schools in the community. Leading these districts are individuals called superintendents. On the level below school districts are what are called school zones. Zones are small geographic regions that can change even from block to block. Across the five boroughs, there are around 750 school zones spread across the city's 32 school districts. The purpose of zones is to help determine which schools students are eligible to attend. Within these zones are, of course, the individual schools themselves, which are run by principals and their staffs of teachers and administrators. Each school is required to have either a Parents' Association, or PA, or a Parent-Teachers' Association, or PTA, which are basically the same thing. These groups don't have any authority over decision-making at their school, but they do act as platforms for the parents of students to engage in a dialogue with their school's administrators. A bit more formally, each school also has a group called the School Leadership Team, or SLT. The groups typically include the school's principal, the president of the PA or PTA, the chapter leader of the teachers' union for the area, and representatives from families and community-based organizations. The SLT is responsible for, among other things, developing something called a comprehensive education plan, which sets goals and strategies for the school and administration. With all these different moving parts, acronyms, and levels, it can be extremely difficult for students and their families to keep track of the issues and priorities driving their community's education systems. Here in Bushwick, for instance, our community board has consistently warned that a lack of funding and decreasing enrollment due to demographic shifts in the neighborhood pose significant threats to the success of public schools in the community. Since early Bushwick students are likely to attend multiple schools in the neighborhood as they grow from pre-K through high school, it's important that families have an avenue to advocate for better resources across the district, and not just at specific sites. It's here that the Community Education Council comes in. The CEC is the official platform for parents and community members to weigh in on district-wide education issues. To learn more about the council, we sat down with Gloria Tellez-Tovar, the CEC vice president here in Bushwick. My name is Gloria Tellez-Tovar. I am a Bushwick resident. I've been living in Bushwick for the past, you can say, almost like 30 years. In addition to being the CEC vice president in Bushwick, Gloria has an important perspective on public education here in the neighborhood. I went to all the public school system in this area, and I've seen a lot of changes. And there's also a lot of changes I've seen in the schools. She grew up in the public school system here and has a lifetime of context on where that system used to be and just how far it's come. Bushwick has come a long way, and my recollection being a small little child, you know, my mom was very, you know, when it comes nightfall, you know, parents knew it's like you cannot go outside because it starts getting dangerous. Back then there was a lot of drugs and crime and robbing and looting and murder. So there are there were things that happening back then that kind of drove people not to be in Bushwick and left. So... For our schools growing up, you know, it was depending on what the funding was, depending how the demographic was, depending whatever the issues was. There were times in my recollection when I was small, 
certain schools in our areas were pretty rough. Bushwick and its schools, of course, look a lot different today than they did when Gloria was a student here. And now, she's the parent of a child who is herself growing up in the system. Fast forward, now that I'm older and I have my own child, my child's going through the school system, I have my experience with their kindergartens and and gifted and talented, and then it came into, um, now she's in junior high school, so I'm seeing the transition my own eyes as I experienced it back then and how she's experiencing it now. As we've seen, there have been plenty of opportunities to get involved and help support her kids' schools. You're slowly visiting the school. You slowly want to volunteer in the school. You decide to join a PTA. Then you're joining a SLT. But for someone like Gloria, who's experienced the system firsthand and whose child will have attended several schools in Bushwick by the time she finishes in the DOE, Volunteering with individual schools can only go so far in terms of understanding the workings of the system and how to advocate for students. Which is how Gloria, like other parents, came to the CEC. It's the next level for parents interested in having formal powers and responsibilities to oversee the full district of schools that their students will travel through. So you get to a higher level where it's like the CEC, then it deals more not just the school, now you're dealing with the whole district and all our schools in our district. In our specific district, we are are responsible for them, help them uh, locate to see what problems they may have, what fundings they need, what repairs they might need, and just we just start delegating into areas that we know they might need the help and resource for, and that's where we come in. So what does that translate to, and what exactly are the responsibilities and powers of the CEC? So here are some of them, and I will read it off. It says, review the district educational programs and assess their effects on student achievements. Hold meetings on at least every month with the superintendent, the community superintendent, right, where the public may discuss the current state of the schools in the district, submit an annual evaluation of the superintendent to the chancellor, provide input to the chancellor and the panel for education policy, on the district's concern, uh, serve as a liaison to our school leadership teams. In other words, the Community Education Council is the official group that represents the community here in the district to the higher-ups in the Department of Education. The council consists of 11 voting members. Nine are parents of current students who are elected by representatives from district PAs or PTAs. Two are local business leaders or residents that are appointed by the borough president. There's also one non-voting student member who's appointed by the community superintendent. Each group of 12 serves on the council for a term of two years. 2019 is an election year, and over the next few months, we'll be selecting the new members that will represent Bushwick through 2021. As the official representatives of the community to the Department of Education, the council has a number of important responsibilities and official powers. You can basically boil them down to three main categories. The first is acting as liaisons between education officials and the Bushwick community. Sometimes this means that the CEC will hold events, like town halls, where the community can ask questions of school officials, like superintendents or even the chancellor. Our chancellor came to this district in October 1st, and we held, we held like a town hall type of style where, you know, parents, when we send the message to the schools, we let them know, hey, listen, come to this meeting, you know, we're, we're doing a town hall, we, the chancellor's coming, here is your opportunity to ask them questions. 
We ask and beg parents, please come to these meetings. These, this is the time when you can ask her those questions yourself if you feel like you couldn't ask or you feel like nobody was telling you that's your superintendent or um, some information some parents aren't aware of. Maybe it is there. Maybe they don't know. That's why I always say if you come to these meetings and you have a concern with your child in your school, I mean, your superintendent's there. And go ahead, ask the question, <laughs> you know. Other times, the CEC shares information with the community directly. As Gloria notes, serving on the CEC gives members access to information about how schools run, what their budgets look like, and other details that they can share to empower people in the community to personally fight for causes within the district. We will utilize our platform to better bridge the gaps, as I say. You can better bridge the gap. And there's always ways to better help your schools if you just know where everything is, all these strategic places where they are. Who, who are they? And so that you better help your community and your schools. The second main category of the CEC's responsibilities is helping to oversee operational decisions for the district. For example, remember school zones, the next level down from school districts? CECs are responsible for approving the lines that separate one school zone from the next. For example, let's say, I'm just going to say uh, maybe like 383. 383 is a school where it's not just completely zoned to one area. We're allowing other students to come. But let's say if, uh, let's say, schools that are only specifically, particularly only zoned for those students to go, to go there, and if they want to rezone it so that other students can you know, open and come in, I'm like, we, we can have our inputs in that too when it comes any zoning of any school. The third main category of the CEC's responsibilities is perhaps the most important, holding the systems of power in the district and beyond accountable to students and their families. The council is the community's top education watchdog in the district and plays a vital role in making sure that schools in the community have the resources they need to succeed. As a CEC, I see that we do play a vital role. As one elected official had noted, um, that person said, you are the eyes and ears for us because we fight for the money up in Albany, so therefore to ensure that our district has a fair share of the money so we can support our schools and give it the funding that it needs. Money is, as you can imagine, a frequent focus. And when it comes to spending, the CEC sits in an interesting position. The council is responsible for both advising and evaluating the school district, meaning that the CEC is uniquely equipped to make sure that the district spending makes sense according to both student needs and the balance sheet. I think my president says it the best. She says... This is public money, so it's public information. I want to know, what are you doing with my child's money? And it's the same mentality we should have for all our schools. What are you doing with the money that's been allocated? There's a specific allocation for every child. I want to know what you're doing with that money. And it's a legitimate concern. So... Hey, we're going to ask about, oh, let's see how everything's going. Okay, let's see what, make sure everything aligns well. On a practical level, this means that the CEC keeps a close eye on issues of budget management and the use of resources. Like, we want to see what is the school, the money that's been allocated to them, how are they using it? Are they using it properly? Is there enough? 
um, when they're getting grants or requesting grants, right? I mean, are they using those grants appropriately for those specific programs they wanted or specific projects they asked for? Now, we're not trying to get in people's spaces so much, but at the same time, is it's it's our responsibility also to find out, okay, well, what are you doing with the money and the funds? Well, you have X amount of students, you get X amount of money. What else are you getting from? And is this being fair to the student? If we have a, a class or a school that's giving, like, very broken and broken down and old textbooks and stuff, so, yeah, I'm going to question, like, well, wait, wait, hold, hold on. How does that not fit in your budget, you know, or tables or chairs or whatever it is that's broken? And I'm, I'm going to question that, like, wait, where's this money? How does how is that how does that look any fair? Um, so we're, we're going to be asking... <laughs> um, if we're so bold to ask, we will be, you know, we will want to find out, you know, what the schools are doing with their monies. For all the council's operational responsibilities around things like zoning and public meetings, it's this role as the school district's chief watchdog that seems like its most civic duty. For Gloria, however, this fight for accountability is more than just a duty. It's a deeply personal extension of her own experiences growing up here in Bushwick. I mean, that's just how I am. You know, if I hold my own friends accountable, I hold my own council accountable, I hold my own district accountable, if I hold my own elected officials accountable, I hold the schools accountable. But without any form of accountability, there is no progress. Things will go, keep going without being checked. That's not a good thing. Checks and balances are always very important. Gloria was born in Mexico and emigrated to the United States with her family when she was young. As she thinks back to those early years here, she vividly remembers just how hard her parents had to struggle to build their new lives and fight for opportunities for Gloria and her brothers. Like, I do remember my mom being a fighter, regardless of the issues that she went through with my dad. But she was always a fighter that didn't give up. She always worked. She always made sure we were fed. She always made sure that... In everything, she said, go to school, do your homework, let me check your homework. Even if she didn't understand it, did you do your homework? Um, and she worked, she worked hard, very hard. My dad, he worked like two or three jobs, so he worked very hard. We lived poor, very, 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 very poor. So when I remember that and growing up, that's why I could relate to the immigrant families that are here today. I do understand the struggle. I get it. I understand when um, you have a family and it's like, you know, the parents are struggling. They're not going to be in the schools all the time. They're not going to be in the PTA all the time. They're not going to maybe, honestly, it's like maybe they won't have time. They're always working. And so we owe it to them that we make sure that we do hold others accountable, making sure, listen, they're at least trusting that the child comes to the school. So we we owe it to these children. Bushwick, of course, is home to a huge and diverse community of immigrants. For Gloria, her own experience of being in a struggling immigrant family and feeling voiceless drives her work on the CEC today. Coming from an immigrant background, we tend to like, okay, let's let's not cause too much ruckus. Let's be quiet about it. Um, That was like my parents' mentality. For myself, um, coming through my own struggles, rediscovering myself, 
and redefining myself, I found my voice. And I'm noticing every day that I do have a voice. So therefore, I will use my voice for good. And I'll use my voice to help. And I will use my voice to make change. And whatever little I can or whatever big change I can, I will use that voice. So I owe it. So when I'm standing there, yeah, I owe it to my family. I owe it to my to the children. I owe it to the community. I owe it as an immigrant parent and having papers now. That doesn't change me who I was before. With the current council term set to end early this summer and the race to elect the new council just begun, there's now the opportunity for a new generation of parents to join together on the CEC to fight for a better future for Bushwick students. As Gloria notes, parents can feel confused or powerless in the face of all the complexities of the public school system here in the city. But ultimately, it's the parents who, together, have the power to reshape that system for the better. We need more voices out there to say, listen, start fixing these schools, or we need these programs, or we need this. And But it's the parents. The parents hold the power. The parents hold the voice. The parents hold that majority that... Yes, we can. we can. We can do this if we just work together and we all run for the same cause. Whether that cause is better after-school programming, more transparent budgets, or improved resources for students with special needs, the Community Education Council provides the platform to help get things done. If you're the parent of a student in pre-K through 8th grade here in Bushwick, and you're passionate about creating opportunities for our next generation, consider joining. But don't take it from us. Take it from the vice president. If you want to see more, you should join. And if you feel like you want to make a change, you should join. If you feel like you want to hold, if you want more accountability and make sure everything's running transparent, you should join. Um, It's parents like those we need that's going to help our schools to continue to thrive and to keep pushing for things that we need for them, um, for our students to thrive, to have, you know. I'd like to extend a huge thanks to Gloria for helping us break down the Community Education Council this week. If you're interested in becoming involved with the council here in Bushwick, get in touch by emailing them at cec32 at schools.nyc.gov or by calling their office at 718-574-1203. If you're thinking of joining the Community Education Council, head to the official elections website, nycparentleaders.org, to learn more. Applications to enter the race are open now through March 6th. The new term will run from July 1st, 2019 through June 30th, 2021. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to this week's episode of Bushwick Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do us a favor and tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, or want to get involved with Bushwick Podcast, send us an email to hello at hearbushwick.com. That's H-E-A-R bushwick.com. Or DM us on our Instagram page at Bushwick Podcast. We'll be back next week, and I look forward to seeing you then.